Hello, welcome to the Girls Plus Club podcast with your host Rosie Breen and I have got a very special guest today. I'm here with Charlotte. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hey guys, so I'm Charlotte Emily Price on social media. Um, and I talk a lot about like self-love, mental health, yes. that sort of stuff. Body positive queen Ooh. over here. Charlotte actually really inspired me. You've given me a lot of content inspiration, like ideas. Like when mm. I've done reels, I've taken a lot of inspo from you. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Thank you. So it's really nice to have you on today. Um, Charlotte, do you want to just give a little like backstory as to like how you ended up in social media and like basically just a little bit about you so that the listeners can get to know you a little bit yeah so dive in so i'm currently 24 i feel like that might just give everyone a rough oh yeah my life. i'm 26 guys, by 24? the way yeah are I you 24 oh my god just i always checking. do that i always do that. I didn't, know, didn't know i was two years older than you i feel like when you get past 18 the two years like just disappear like yeah it's not for a sure thing. for sure like being friends when you're 15 with a 17 year old like they're a lot older than yeah, you yeah for sure they're much cooler than you <laughs> <laughs> you are you are you are um but yeah so you started social media in 2019 uh, yeah 2019. yeah well 2019 is where i started doing that type of content yes like where it's more like self-love, body positivity. I've always been really into social media. I had a blog back in 2013. What did you do before 2019 then? What was your blog about? Yeah, so I wrote my blog all about like beauty and fashion, mainly beauty. Wow. Um, and then it moved into like fashion, lifestyle. Like I literally just wrote about anything that was coming into my mind. Like yeah. really, I used it as a diary. I didn't really tell anyone about it. And then I had a Instagram to match. And then I finally started putting my Instagram public in I don't know maybe like 2017 2018 oh my so god like so three or four years as like a little anonymous you were private mm. so only people that requested you could follow you no not not in that sense like as in I had a private like ne- I was like under a different name like not my, anonymous. my face it was just it was just all flat layers like <gasps> really? yeah I just really was into like photography and taking photos of, like beauty products candles like shit like that and it was just about like, like, like the around. content it wasn't anything to do with you back yeah. then that's amazing I actually never knew that I yeah, love that for, for you sure. so um and then I was just like right I actually kind of want to like talk more about me and I, I did start yeah. posting photos of myself on my blog and that like it wasn't that anonymous if that makes sense were you nervous to do that I don't know actually I feel I feel like I was like ready to do it because I knew not no one horrible was following me if that makes sense like it yeah. was just people who also did the same sort of thing Aww. um and then yeah I think when I went to uni obviously I was I went I started my YouTube channel when I went into sick form and that's when I kind of got a bit bullied for that and like people bullied. just chatting yeah, Who like bullied ch- you? <laughs> Give me the names right oh, now. I can't. I actually can't. Like, I'm still traumatised. Oh, um, But yeah, so they chat shit about me about my youtube channel i remember one time i was in like a computer lab at school that i never usually went into but i was just like oh i need to get some work done and they were literally chatting shit about me behind me <gasps> i think they didn't realize i was in there them. yeah i think they didn't realize i was in oh, there and i was like God. i turned around i was like i was a pussy at the time so i literally didn't say anything you i just walked out i was gonna say i feel like that was me in that situation like, i wouldn't say anything <laughs> and you would really like kick yourself for not saying anything but of course you're not going to be feel comfortable confident saying anything because you hadn't really experienced the journey that you've now experienced mm-hmm. and gotten your confidence to that place where you're, you feel strong and you feel capable of being like mm-hmm. hold on this isn't right don't talk shit about me I'm gonna punch you up no please please no one fight please no, no one fight. fight but um you know what I'm saying you wouldn't have had that confidence to mm-hmm. say it back then I think I would have been the exact same whereas now if I heard someone talk shit about me uh, yeah. what? I'd be the first to, no I say that but I actually heard someone talk shit about me recently oh my god I, I was not gonna say anything about this but I'm gonna tell you now now that we're going we're not gonna end I heard someone talking shit about me in my house so it's someone that we're friends with and I heard them talking shit about me in my spare room and I was 
okay, everyone had drunk quite a bit. Yeah. And so I knew I was drunk. And I was like, do you know what? If I say something now, this is someone who has had a long-term relationship with the person I live with. Okay, with Henry. I'm going to stop reading around the bush. They've got a long-term relationship with Henry and they had said something about me. And I heard them talking to another person about me and I thought, I'm really drunk. If I say anything now, this is not going to go down yeah. well. And I do not want to come in between that relationship that Henry's had with that person because I know that person. I know in their heart that that wasn't... It was more of a reflection of them and the person they were talking to rather than me. Yeah. So I am very proud of myself. And in that moment of being drunk, I made a very sensible decision not to pipe up and say anything and start a fight. Okay. So the next morning, I wanted them to know, no, I heard. I love that. I heard. I am passive aggressive. I go downstairs in the morning. I'm obviously the last one awake, even when it's at my own house. I go downstairs. Everyone's had breakfast. Everyone's chatting. And I go, oh... Um, the walls are really thin, Henry. I heard someone talking last night and the two of them, they look at me, their eyes dart over and they're like, huh? Like they knew, they knew I knew. And I said to them, I was like, yeah, um, basically they were talking crap about me falling asleep downstairs with my friend who's a boy. And I said, yeah, I heard someone talking about me and Ash last night. Like, obviously I've not heard Henry. I know he's asleep. And I just kind of like inadvertently called them out because I didn't want to have a fight, but I also wanted to let them know that I had heard and yeah. it wasn't okay. And you know what? Probably could have handled that situation a lot better, but I didn't. I just said it. And then they were just like, oh, and then nothing else was said. And then me and our friend and Henry, the guy that they are actually talking about, and me, we just kind of went off and had a bit of a giggle about it. And then we got over it, you know? It's yeah. all just like petty little drama. But I feel like but that's how you de- dealt with it. Like, And I think that is good in some ways because you stop yourself from like causing a massive fight, but you still felt like you could get that off your chest. Yes. That sort of moment. The yeah. most important thing for me to do was to get it off my chest, but also like not cause a massive rift because yeah. priority speaking like it's not the end of the world if they were talking and I know myself and I have a lot of love and respect for myself so it is what it is that's kind of how I felt it didn't get me down I was just really caught off guard by it occurring and then the next morning in my head I was like well I just want them to know that I know like I am yeah. petty I'm not gonna lie guys I am petty yeah. I want you to know that I know and I'm not gonna say it directly to you I'm not gonna call you out on it directly I did it very pussy like I tipped around the toes but it is what it is you know it's done that <laughs> we yeah. move on <laughs> and also like you sort of like open what is it like open the branch what's the branch term the, like olive, the olive branch, branch. yeah you olive branch like do you want to say it to my face or olive branch is like the good side what's the bad side yes an olive branch has been like i'm giving you an olive branch because i'm like reaching out to you in a way that i want to like amend our relationship yeah. or something like that. that's yeah. not an olive I know what you're saying I kind of like I opened the door to them I like allowed I kind of opened the door to the discussion yeah opened the door because if they did say something I would have happily have had it like had it out of them like I would have had that conversation there and then but I just kind of wanted to let them know I heard you don't talk shit about me in my house and you're not invited over again and that was pretty much it so yes okay let's get into today's episode of the podcast so today is a really hard hitting episode it is about grief now the reason I've asked Charlotte to come on and discuss uh, this topic with me is because we have had two completely different experiences and relationships with grief in in all of what it is right so Charlotte has dealt with a lot of grief and you've dealt with it quite openly which is why she's really happy to come on here and talk about it today and to be honest with you guys 
I either haven't processed grief or I haven't actually dealt with it yet. And I, through this podcast, through this episode, want to learn a little bit from Charlotte. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, But I also want to remind you guys that if you are someone who's dealt with a lot of grief or you're someone that struggles with grief, like that's okay. Like it's okay to struggle with anything in the world and if grief is what you struggle with I hope you continue to listen to this episode I think Charlotte's really going to help you out um and then I also want to let the people that are like me know if you haven't actually dealt with grief don't fret don't stress don't worry there are times that I have been in panic mode because I'm like what's going to happen when someone so close to me that I love passes away like I've never had to deal with grief before I've never in such a morbid and weird way, I've never had my practice run of like someone distant to me passing away, right? So I don't know what I'm going to be like. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to handle it. I'm sure I will get through whatever it is, Mm -hmm. but I just have this complete fear and anxiety of what's actually going to happen when I experience that. And so I want to let the people that are like me know that's okay too. Like it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay to just have that confusion and that anxiety in the back of your head. Um, I just really hope everything that we talk about today Mm -hmm. can in some way help one and each and every single one of you. How people respond to grief is also different, right? Mm -hmm. So for some people, they may cry. Like you say, that's just not to do with grief, right? That's like happy or sad or a lot of emotions. I am quite a quiet crier as well. Mm -hmm. I can't lie. I love a good cry. Um, But for some people, you know, I often hear and you often see, let's say your dad has lost their dad, someone they were really, really close to, mm-hmm. and they don't cry. Why? They're, they're confused. Why am I not crying? I've literally just lost my dad. That's also a response that is commonly heard of when it comes to dealing with grief, right? So I think it's really important to recognise that everyone deals with grief so mm-hmm. differently, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay, Charlotte. So if you feel happy to, I would love to ask you a little bit about your story and your yeah. relationship with grief. And, you know, if you want to talk about who you've lost, um, pay your respects to anyone, but also just, just explain to us a little bit about how you've gotten to where you are today with your relationship right. with grief. Okay, so the first, like, moments, well, the first, like, people I lost were, like, distant relatives. So it would be, like, my grandparents' sisters. Okay. And I've always been quite, like, a family person, like, very close to, like, all my, like, tight family so when I see them getting affected by something like I take on a lot of their emotions I feel like I'm very like the empathy is like empathetic too too much yeah like stop but like why am I literally feeling other people's emotions so much um so I would feel upset and I went to I think my first funeral when I was maybe like 14 or something I just felt like I needed to go like to just experience what it was like I think I just felt like an urge to go and I remember feeling like upset and I was more crying at the fact that I saw my the people I was closer to being upset than the actual person because I didn't know them that well it Mm -hmm. was like my grandma's sister I think it's so mad that you say this because I've had the exact same experience actually Mm -hmm. and I feel like I am naturally an empathetic person as well and it is the biggest blessing and the biggest curse and Mm -hmm. it's a blessing because you can really resonate with people and you can connect you can connect mm -hmm. right and it, it, it does help form a bond but at the same time it can be such a curse because I feel emotions for people that I either don't want to feel emotions for or it put can put me in such a state sometimes where I'm almost grieving for someone I haven't lost and that's really hard um but it's funny that you say this because my little cousin's granddad passed away and I actually knew his granddad quite well. We had spent quite a bit of time with him, but like with all due respect to him, I didn't have an ongoing relationship with him mm-hmm. and 
he was quite old fashioned in his mindset and being a girl I wasn't treated the best by mm-hmm. him and so I didn't have what I guess what you could say a healthy relationship with him it was just a this is my cousin's granddad mm-hmm. I don't really know him and we see him when we have to see him kind of thing but when he passed away I didn't feel particularly saddened by it mm-hmm. he was old he'd had some problems we kind mm-hmm. of knew that it was coming um but on the day of the funeral and this is the second funeral I've ever been to and it's the funeral I went to most recently this was quite a few years ago but on the day of his funeral I was just in floods and floods of tears I couldn't control myself because I saw my little cousin crying I knew he had lost someone that he actually grew up his whole life with and also as a man was treated very well by and had a really strong relationship with him and to see him so distraught and sad by losing someone that he actually Mm -hmm. loved and cared for so much it was really really fucking hard to see and Mm -hmm. that's what caused the emotion for me yeah so please continue yeah yeah no I I fully understand that so that's the first time I feel like I experienced like a funeral and I just was like oh god this is a lot like I I didn't like to see my grandma get upset funnily then the first funeral that like really I've only had like two I guess funerals with close family which is like so shit <laughs> but the first one was my actual grandma so she passed when I was I think 15 16 so only a couple years I think after that first funeral I went to oh. um and looking back now like I was obviously very upset and I think it was like a shock because she got rushed into hospital and she got rushed into hospital a lot so I was just like oh it's another one of these things where it happens and then she okay. goes back to the care home so like, yeah. like it was well it was like oh okay like she actually passed away this time it was more the shock of seeing my mum upset again because it's my mum's last family member basically oh, so I think again I'm like thinking oh my god if I was my mum I'd be so upset right now like yeah. I've lost my last like family member like older than her so I think that that's what was more of my heart and like I was still really close to my grandma but I think my emotional intelligence I guess was very like not as much as it is now because I was only 15 of course like yeah. my brain is not fully developed like although I was so upset and like I loved my grandma so much she was so supportive and like all these amazing things I think again I was like still crying more so for my family I think you with age learn to understand your own emotions Mm -hmm. and of course learn so much more about yourself and so at the time you recognized that you were sad but you Mm -hmm. weren't you didn't recognize that it was actually more so empathy for the other people that had lost her as well and also I think I remember another like massive prominent emotion after that like during that time of like grieving afterwards it was more regret like I regretted I was like why the fuck was I sat on my phone like the last time I was sat with her or like why why did I go and spend the time with Aiden's family when she came around for dinner last like yeah I think I just that I spiraled a lot with like regret and guilt more so um for sure whereas this most recent grief that's like really hit me was so different because I knew that was coming like I I knew to go and spend time with my granddad like I feel fortunate in the sense that we knew sort of like a rough like date and guideline of when he was going to pass oh I could go and sort of like spend that time with him did you so comparing it to your grandma and your granddad's mm-hmm. passing I'm so sorry that mm-hmm. you know you've gone through all yeah. of this it must it must just be so difficult but with your grandma do you think that regret 
almost came from the fact that you had a little bit of hope that she wasn't going to pass away you kind of almost had the expectation that she was just going to go back to the care home right whereas with your granddad you pretty much knew from the Mm -hmm. get-go like these are his final days and Mm -hmm. we've got to make the most of the time but you didn't in your mind make the most of the time you had left with your grandma is that how you'd say that you yeah yeah I think so and I think the fact that I hadn't really lost anyone close so I just wasn't even picturing the thought of like my grandma suddenly like passing yeah. and having to deal with that so probably couldn't even like process for what that actually is like, yeah it's like people say okay we uh, this this is kind of relevant to like my story about losing a pet right yeah, yeah and yeah. you know when you get a dog that you, you're gonna live longer than your dog right yeah. but you never quite you don't that doesn't stop you yeah. from getting a dog you know you, you never quite like imagine life without them and mm-hmm. it must have been so difficult for you as someone who had never experienced death at, at the forefront mm-hmm. that you now have to imagine a life without that person in your life yeah. and it does change things yeah for sure like and I even feel bad for like my I felt again there was a lot of empathy like even my younger brother because he I guess he at the time was probably like 13 12 13 and he would spend even more time with my grandma because when my dad would my dad and my brother would drop me at ballet lessons like at the weekend they would go see my grandma because she was like close by to where I did my ballet it's like they would spend like a lot of time together as well so like I feel like I was just like in my own head like all these connections that all of my family are to my grandma like it's so sad that we've all lost her and like these different times in our week and stuff that are now completely shifting and changing and like moving into a different pathway and yeah I think it was just it was sad but looking back like compared to this level that I'm feeling now I guess it's the extra years that I've known my granddad like he's obviously like lived way longer than my grandma so I've had those years into adulthood where Mm. I've gotten gotten to know him on a deeper level I asked him about his past like just knowing like his life story more whereas like with my grandma I was just like sat there as a teenager with like my phone and like that's why I think I regret those times because I'm like oh I could have asked my grandma so many more questions and known more about her life but I was just being like a shitty teenager just focus so much on my life and my school and life that I didn't really like make those connections so definitely and do you know what Charlotte I think it's it's really important how you change this narrative with even just calling yourself a shitty teenager in that situation. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you were young. Yeah. You you didn't have the value you have now yeah. in those relationships or for that person because you never had to experience them not they're not there, not around. Yeah. And you have so much more value and and it's not that you didn't value grandma, of course you did. You you mm-hmm. what, from what you've told me, you absolutely adored her and yeah. loved her. But you have so much more awareness of the value that you have for your granddad because of mm-hmm. what you've experienced in the past. And mm-hmm. it's so important that you're not harsh on younger you because yeah, at the end true. of the day you only knew so much and you had only experienced so much and I know that there's going to be a huge percentage of the listeners today who are hearing you say that and they're relating to you and I guess it may have some comfort in the fact that you're not alone and regret regrets and feeling bad and for beating your younger self up but guys your relationship with your younger young young you is so so important and it's important that you're not harsh on yourself when you're young, you're younger. Don't be hard on her because she didn't know, but mm-hmm. you've grown now and you do know. And in a very conscious or subconscious way, you've in a way applied that knowledge yeah. and you've learned from it's it. It's a learning curve. And yeah, it's such a learning curve. And you made, made the most with your granddad. You did what you could. Mm-hmm. And the way that even you're talking about it now, like it's such a different situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's beautiful that you've had two completely different scenarios because if it wasn't for your grandma passing and the way that it, that it happened and how you felt yeah. you probably wouldn't have had 
the value and you wouldn't have had the appreciation for the mm-hmm. time that you had left with your grandpa this time around yeah right yeah 100% 100% so with my granddad so I he literally lives around the corner like I my parents I basically lived with my grandparents for the first couple of years of my life whilst my family were working my parents were working so like they've always been very prominent they literally moved as soon as my family moved out of London they moved with like they're literally five minutes around the corner so I would see them probably five out of seven days a week like growing up so like they were basically parents second parents yeah second parents which is why like I think I dreaded dreaded it so much can i ask were your grandma and your granddad were they um were they married to one another were they on the same side no so my grandma was with my on my mum's side family yes then that was like my mum's last relative and then these grandparents my dad's parents your dad's parents okay no like literally that's um and i think because they are like i didn't see with my grandma because my mum's dad passed when my mum was super young yeah so I only had like my grandma on that side and then I had my grandparents on my dad's side. So I've yes. never really known my grandma being with someone. Whereas my other two grandparents are like inseparable. Like they've been married for like 60 something years. Like they've been together since like me and Aiden, like when we were like 15. Oh. So like, I think again, it's like that empathy of like what happens if one of them goes, because I can't even imagine like how the they must have been feeling. Yeah, for so sure. So like I already was like feeling like stressed about that. So when you talk about your experience with grief, mm-hmm. um, would you say that yes, you've had quite a mixed bag of experience or would you say it, even though it was completely different scenarios, it's quite similar? Mm-hmm. Like how would you, how would you describe it? Yeah, I think it's, it's been completely mixed from those two things. I mean, even I was speaking to my therapist like a few, I think it's maybe like last month and she was saying that I've experienced loss and grief in so many ways and it yes. like really opened my eyes because I thought it was just from like people passing and my family. But she was like, you've lost so many friends. You lost your school in life when you were bullied that you were having to go home. Yeah. Like you've lost this, you've lost that. And I was like, oh my God, loss is like so prevalent in my life, which is probably why it like affects me so much emotionally. And you know what? We actually spoke about this when we first met and mm-hmm. um, we had quite a similar, similar but very different scenarios with losing friendship groups mm-hmm. and you almost mourn the loss of a friendship group or even just a friend you say like a friend breaking up with a friend is like breaking up with a boyfriend yeah like you mourn that relationship that's now ended because mm-hmm. you it is so sad but you do become strangers so although that person hasn't passed away they are no longer someone that is prominent and relevant in your life mm-hmm. you know so of course you yeah you have experienced a lot of loss haven't you yeah no so i think that's something that i've been like dealing with but yeah I think this one my granddad's was so overwhelmingly different which is why I think it's been so difficult for me and why I've wanted to like open up about it so other people feel like they can too yeah Um, I love that but yeah so with my granddad he passed away from cancer and that I've I ha- I've had other m- members of my family like who are distant that have di- died from cancer but I think because I'd never seen it physically happen to someone like in my space yeah I was I guess very ignorant to it and I'm as long as you can be ignorant to it, please be, because it is literally the worst thing that I've ever had to like see with my own eyes. Oh, to deal with. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like I just was so unknown to it. Like I always heard of the word cancer being like horrible and I knew it was nasty, but I never, I didn't really know the stages. Cause when we first got told he had cancer, he looked healthy. He looked like a healthy man. Like for, they were like, oh, he's got six to nine months. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, he looks perfect. He literally looks fine. Like he's just like pottering around the garden, like doing his bits. Like, but it's, doing not, his it's thing. not often the cancer, it's the chemo, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That, that... But he, he wasn't allowed chemo because he was too old. <gasps> really? So like it was oh, just it like natural. Have, it would oh. it would have potentially killed him off because of... That's so sad. Uh, so yeah, like it wasn't even the chemo. Like it was just... I was like, oh, what do you mean? He's got six to nine months. And then he surpassed it. He let, he lived another year since that oh. diagnosis. So I'm kind of glad that he did have extra time, but obviously not for the reasons like 
for those last moments um but yeah it was it was completely different it was so different because it was just like very much in my space and obviously I wanted to be in that space because I wanted to help my other relatives like it wasn't fair to just let my dad my dad was doing his injections and things that he needed and so the caring aspect came into it Mm -hmm. as well yeah basically and like when he I think he wanted to be at home rather than anywhere else and like because they've always been in that home together I think that's where he wanted to like sort of pass so it was like the adjustment of like going around to my nan my nan and granddad's and like having like there'd be a bed in the living room it must have totally changed the environment from what it once was like when when you're um you'd go when you were younger with your brother and sister Mm -hmm. and you spend time like sorry with your brother and you'd go and spend time with them um to now you're going over and yeah there's a bed in the downstairs room in the corner and there's it's a different atmosphere it's a different environment it must have been really hard yeah it was it was honestly bizarre and like I actually big shout out to the carers who came around <laughs> honestly like those people are fu- fucking amazing like I remember just going around and thinking like what the hell like these people like come around and like come for the families and they literally like are the actual foundation of anyone going through that time in life like it's actually nuts like I yeah. used to think that like, obviously these people are amazing but again seeing that first time I was like it's actually crazy the like how they've, carers. how they've changed like my family's like life in those past few weeks yeah i just can't believe why am i getting so sad like of course you are baby <laughs> <laughs> i love that you're laughing but this is something and i think for the listeners as well like this is something it's such a difficult and hard-hitting thing and the reason we're talking about it today because we both feel like it's something that's mm-hmm. not discussed enough and I, you're going to laugh at me in five minutes time because mm-hmm. I'm going to be crying about my dead dog, okay? And I, I will, I'll cry with you. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. I think it's so important to, when you feel an emotion, especially dealing with this stuff, just allow yourself to cry. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself to feel how you feel. And if you cry on a podcast for five minutes, so fucking be it, you know? Yeah. Allow your body and your emotions to be free because it's such a natural response for you and the worst thing you can ever do to a natural response is try to block it Mm -hmm. you know so of course it still upsets you you know you're probably still mourning you know you'll probably mourn for the rest of your life and I think that's the thing with the loss is that you don't just lose it for a period of time and you suddenly get over Mm -hmm. it that's a loss that you know in a couple of years time like oh let's say when you when you get married you Mm -hmm. know you're gonna really think about those people on that day and really miss them and I think it's learning how to cope with moving on and moving forward in life in a way that you are still in touch with the emotions that you feel when you first lost those those people mm-hmm. that you cared about so much and try not to like bury them in the sand allow yourself to feel those emotions you know so i'm going to talk a little bit about my relationship yeah, and my experience with um grief um I, so I said I've been to two funerals in my life. I remember my first funeral, and it was quite similar to your first funeral, and how you said that you almost went because you needed to like experience it. I was told by my parents that I'm going to this funeral, and it was for a man on my dad's side of the family. And um, I'm half Irish, in case you don't know. I think a lot of you guys know this by now, but I grew up in Ireland, and my my dad's so fucking Irish. Like he's he's like Paddy from down the road. He's so Irish, and his family are the same, right? So when he had lost, and I'm 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 sorry, Dad, that I don't quite remember who it was. It was either a cousin, an uncle. I think it was a cousin or an uncle, and um, he had lost someone, but my dad does not talk about his emotions and the whole day was just very like morbid for me it was very 
it was a little bit dystopian because we basically went to the funeral. I know I'm going to the funeral. I know I'm going to this like sad event and we're going and I'm going to see people on stage. Well, not, oh my God, I'm going to see people at the front of the altar and we're in a church and um, I see someone that I do know and she's crying and she's finding it really difficult to talk about uh, the loss of her uncle. It was, I think it was my dad's cousin and her uncle. And then we go to the wake afterwards, which was in a pub and everyone's drinking and everyone's having like little finger, finger sandwiches and uh, sausage rolls. And again, it was just very strange. I just didn't really understand what was going on. And yeah. I'm, I was so young at the time. I think in my parents' eyes, they felt that they needed me to experience what a funeral is because they didn't want me to experience it at the age of 35 for the first time kind of thing, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And so, but like I said, my dad doesn't really talk about his emotions. And I don't think he ever asked me how I was feeling that day. And I don't think, I don't think it's because he didn't want to talk about how he was feeling. And so I didn't ask anything because I didn't know to say or ask anything. But I just remember feeling confused for the longest time. And I didn't really know where I stood with myself with that interaction with that environment and that with that event like I didn't really understand what was going on and I fast forward now to my second funeral Mm -hmm. and it was my uncle no my cousin's um granddad that I mentioned and I just the whole time was in in unstoppable amounts of tears like I felt so completely and totally overwhelmed with emotion for the loss of my uncle's dad and my cousin's granddad, who I know that they both admired and idolized so much. And it was crazy because my parents weren't there at that funeral. They weren't able to make it that day. So I was like the only person in my family that was like there to represent Mm -hmm. the Breens, like us lot, us five. But my other cousins, my other uncles and stuff were there. So I went up with them. Um, We went to the funeral and I just, it was just such an, again, such a strange day for me because I wasn't grieving the loss of the person I was really grieving the emotions that my cousins were feeling my family were feeling I just felt empathetic and how I was feeling that day and I just after that funeral I said I'm never going to a funeral again unless it's someone I am so close to because I'm incapable of going without feeling the immense amount of emotion for for another person that's at the funeral kind of thing and I don't know if that's a healthy thing for me to do but I've stuck to that and I've with all due respect to everyone else I just for myself, I don't feel ready to go to a funeral mm-hmm. unless I'm going either, let's say someone close to Henry passes away. Of course, I will go to a funeral with Henry, but I won't go to a funeral unless I feel like I really should be yeah. there. If I'm yeah. a pivotal person to be there and I call it selfish, call it whatever, but I just don't feel like that's something I'm capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I respect that. I think that's the same. Like, unless you're going, like you said, to support your partner if you feel like they need it or if yeah. they're asking you. Or if you, yeah, if you feel like obliged to go because they're a big part of your life or you feel, there's an urge, there's a gut feeling really that you should be there. Yeah. Then other than that, I don't think there's any ne- necessary reason you should go because you can pay your respects in your own in your own way if that's is that if that's going to work better for you and you can be selfish in those moments yeah definitely and look you've you've it's so easy for me to say this but for me to actually apply this and let's say someone does pass away and I don't feel comfortable or ready to go that internal complex I'm going to have when that time comes Mm -hmm. of but I have to go I should go of actually no Rosie don't go because you need to protect yourself or you need to do this for yourself and xyz like I know that that internal conversation is going to come and I'm just going to have to deal with it when it comes because Mm -hmm. it also it is so 
it's so specific to the individual and it's so specific to the person that you've lost Mm -hmm. so you can't sit here with this anxiety of I don't know how I'm gonna cope when it happens because you don't know and even if you did know it probably wouldn't happen that way so it's impossible to know so you really just have to you really just have to put a pin in it in the way that you're like okay I'm gonna revisit this when when it's relevant like Mm -hmm. when I need to revisit this and I'm gonna deal with this when I need to deal with this rather than Mm-hmm. sitting here in constant fear and worry that I don't know how I'm going to deal when I have to deal with grief head on because I haven't had to deal with grief which actually kind of brings me on to what I was saying about my dog so when I was younger we had a pet we had a pet dog Teddy mm-hmm. oh my god cute little Teddy so he was like our family dog um from when I moved to Ireland when I was five years old and we had him right up until we moved back to the UK he actually mm-hmm. passed away the month we moved back to the UK and mm-hmm. he was staying with my uncle in Ireland that month because mm-hmm. my parents just wanted out the paperwork we basically yeah. couldn't bring him over so he was due to move over around Christmas so we had a month away from him and we had moved over in I think it was October so we had mm-hmm. November had come for argument's sake, let's say it's November 15th, right in the middle. Um, we're sitting in the back of a car heading to, I think it was my dad's friend's house. And I said to my dad, well, what date is Teddy coming over? Because he hadn't given us a date. I said, what date is he coming over? Like, I miss him. I want to see him. And we were actually going to go visit um, our old home in Ireland, which is something I'm going to talk about in another podcast episode because it is... Oh, a whole thing to dive into um but we were going to go visit um my parents basically needed to pick up stuff from the house the house had been taken off of them by the banks um they were in, in a crazy amount of debt so they had to give it up and they i don't know if they were allowed but i think they were allowed to go in for a set period of time to collect their belongings so they just basically had to grab some stuff and mm-hmm. go and they were taking me with them and so I'm sitting in the back of this car and I'm questioning my dad, you know, when are we going to visit? Like, when are we going to get him? When is he coming over to um, the UK? When is he going to live with us again? And I really missed him. And my dad just turned around. I'm sitting in the middle seat of a five-seater, fairly small car um, in between my brother and my sister. And my mum and dad are in the front and he just turns around and he goes, he's died, okay? Kids, I'm really sorry, but he's died. And I just froze I didn't know what to say. I didn't know where to look. And I just froze. And then I just cried and cried and cried. And my dad's not good with his emotions, like I said. And I don't want to insult my dad. And I don't want to paint a horrible picture of him in this podcast. But he did pretty much tell me to come on, get it together. Like, it's gonna, it's fine. It's gonna be fine. He's your dog. And I just felt like my grief in that moment was completely dismissed but at that age of like 15 years old I didn't really understand what was going on and I just knew that we had lost Mm -hmm. him and I continued to cry and then I don't remember anything after that I don't remember how I felt I don't remember talking about it I don't remember grieving it I just don't remember I felt like there's a whole period in my life especially when I lived in Ireland which is like a black space to me that I don't quite remember and this became one of those spaces where Mm -hmm. it's just a black block where there's nothing going on and I just don't really remember Mm -hmm. and guys I'm so like embarrassed and ashamed to say but it wasn't until 
really recently that I had a conversation with Henry because we are planning to adopt a dog next year and I feel very passionate about adopting I'm not against breeding sometimes it is the right option for a lot of people but I feel capable of adopting and I feel if you have the capabilities to give a sheltered dog the home that it deserves and needs then you should do that like I said I would never judge anyone for not doing it I don't want to sit on my high stool like look at me I'm adopting like it's nothing like that I just feel like that's the right decision I should make for me and it's the path that I want to go down so we're talking about adopting we've been talking about having a dog for years like since we met basically and since we bought the house it's almost been a when are we doing it kind of thing and so a few weeks ago um he asked me a question he said something and he said about my dog teddy he'd like brought him up in conversation when we were talking about adopting this dog and i just remember having this like flashback to when i lived in ireland and having teddy and i do have so many fond memories of him but you know what guys i didn't appreciate my dog and what my dog brought to me when I was a child I didn't realize how valuable and how special my little dog was until he wasn't here anymore and my whole adulthood life I've always said I'm gonna have a dog Mm -hmm. and it's something that's so fucking important to me and I can't remember what Henry asked me but it triggered this emotion and I just started crying and he said why are you crying and I feel so ashamed to say that I don't feel like we gave our dog the the best life that we 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 could have or we should have I don't feel like like we didn't do anything wrong but I don't think we did enough right when we had our dog because we didn't take him on enough walks and you know this is like what you're saying it's the guilt and the regret of not spending the time and doing what you felt like you should have done more but it was also the fact that I have memories of like our dog barking outside and he lived outside he was Mm -hmm. an outside dog and I'm so fucking against that now now that I'm older and now that I see what that was a dog that lived outside okay he had a little kennel and it was heated it was where the boiler was so he was always warm but like his little dog flap like flapped in the wind so when it was windy he must have been cold and I think back to that and I'm like god why didn't I think about that when I was 10 years old yeah but of course I'm not gonna think about that when I'm 10 years old yeah and so I just I just feel and like and still feel like so ashamed that we I allowed that to happen but at the same time like I said to Charlotte you can't beat yourself up like you can't beat your younger you up because Mm -hmm. your younger you didn't know and you have to be taught you can't just you learn you learn you learn exactly that and god fucking hell guys when I get a dog you just know it is gonna be the biggest pillow princess oh wait isn't that like a sex reference pillow princess yeah oh god (laughs) it's just gonna be the biggest princess we're not fucking the dog (laughs) oh my god oh my god we cannot leave this in this is awful oh dear no I just I just know that that I'm gonna worship every single little paw that that dog has might have three might have two might have one you never know but I just I'm so passionate about giving the dog the best fucking life and that's exactly what I've taken from the grief of grief I think grieving my dog I don't even know if I have grieved him you know what I mean like emotions are still popping up here and here and there I don't know if I've started my grief experience I don't know is this how I grieve like this could just be how I grieve like I think about it every now and again and and just talk about it just talk about it yeah and I'm so um fortunate that I have a relationship where when I suddenly feel these ways I will just I will just say it out loud and I'll be Mm -hmm. like I'll call Henry while he's at work in the middle of the day like I'm thinking about Teddy and this is making me sad and I I feel such a lack of shame of saying Mm -hmm. anything that I'm feeling and 
I'm very, I'm, I don't even want to say I'm lucky because that's an expectation in a relationship for me that you feel this way about mm. someone that you feel that comfortable or else if you don't feel that comfortable around someone, they're not the right person for you. That's how I, how mm-hmm. I feel. Right. So I don't even want to say I'm lucky, but I'm fortunate that Henry is who he is. And we can have these conversations because I think it's really helped me deal with it. And so kind of looking back over what I've just said and my, the death of my dog, um, I feel like perhaps actually maybe now I am starting to grieve the death of him or that day that I cried in the car a couple of weeks ago was the start of addressing it and learning how to grieve. But like I said, I don't even fucking know. Am I grieving right now? Like, I just don't, I I don't know. I think it is just like a weird word that's thrown around and it's like, what actually is the meaning? I guess it's just like figuring out how to cope with those feelings or emotions that are cropping up and whether you know if it's grief or not I think just addressing it and seeing what you need right in that moment to like get you past that and move on from it so I I think it's sort of similar to what we were saying in the podcast episode we just recorded on my podcast about self-love like there's no like real definitive time frame time frame Mm. like it's just it's it's a journey and you have you've touched on this already it's so different every time Mm -hmm. and it's also so different for each individual Mm -hmm. so um I wanted to ask you do you have any advice for someone who doesn't quite know how to deal with grief or actually if someone is actually dealing with grief right now and they're finding things overwhelmingly difficult what would Mm -hmm. you say was the biggest thing that you like you learned from your own experience because of course you can only talk from your own yeah yeah exactly so I think for me is acknowledging those emotions and how they can come at different points like I felt super angry I think when it first happened because I thought what the fuck like this man is like the nicest person I've ever met why has this happened to you like and then I just felt pissed off because it was Christmas and (laughs) everyone was like posting their fucking Prada bags on their stories I thought shut fuck off fuck off and obviously people can be so happy with their Prada bags like that's that was my own me projecting my current emotions onto people like that's nothing on anyone you can post your Prada bags you can post whatever you want on your stories I just needed to keep away from social media I think during this period of my life yeah but I think I just thought like oh all this shitty trivial stuff of like presents and things like Christmas is all about family and like I've lost like one of my most important family members I think I felt a lot of just like pent up anger and yeah. I'm glad I felt that because now I know that was like super irrational at the time but it was valid valid yes I was, I was literally about to say that so valid because you like what, what, when I said some people don't even cry you yeah. can feel and not feel whatever you feel but that's just how you're responding and that's mm-hmm. so fucking okay it, you don't need to respond in a certain way yeah. and I hear so often of people feeling rage feeling anger yeah. and feeling so much disgust upon other people like why are you not spending Christmas with your family or why are you not the thing you should be boasting about and posting about is how much you love everyone in your family yeah. not your Prada bag or your Gucci <laughs> shoes or I mean I don't know who's fucking getting that for Christmas yeah. I don't get that for Christmas <laughs> no. I got to have a got G, but you know so it's so okay yeah. for you to feel that anger and that rage because I would I think I would too you yeah know? I think I would too yeah I think it's just yeah letting out those emotions and the comparison is what really stood out to me I think f- figuring out that you don't have to have the same response as other people in your family other friends of yours are also grieving the same person because like my dad for example he he went 
away in his own space to cry like he didn't want to be around people and obviously that could be a problem in other ways but if he wanted to be in his own safe space on his yeah. own to cry that's his response Sometimes whereas I'm like ah in front of everyone <laughs> and I have to cry like on the spot because I can't hold it in yeah. so I think it's just knowing that even though you are grieving the same person you've got a similar relationship or even a different relationship you can all have completely different responses like my mum said that she went to work to, to school the following day she was like 14 and her dad just died like randomly <sighs> And then she just went into school the next day. Whereas her sister was like at home, like crying every day for like weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, oh they, it's like their same dad, their same experience, but they've had completely opposite responses. Like people deal with it so differently. And actually I was watching Jonah Hill's uh, documentary the other day called Starts With His Therapist. It's on Netflix. Okay. And I really recommend you watching it actually. Mm-hmm. Knowing how we, where we, where we are similar in the ways that we are, I think you'd find it quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And his Starts is his uh, therapist. And he said in it that when someone he knew quite closely had passed away, um, he didn't really know how to respond and he didn't quite understand it and he went to school the next day he was like well can I go to school the next day and his mum was like I, you can do whatever you like you you deal with this how you deal with this you can do whatever you like and for him to be older and look back on that he's like how the hell did I just go to school the next day and just get on with it but it's because people process it differently mm-hmm. and different ages like different things going in your life like you are just going to deal with it so differently mm-hmm. and how you deal with death now for one person is going to be so different to how you end up dealing it for another in the future and yeah. relationships obviously play a huge part in that mm-hmm. but also with where you are in your life as a person mm-hmm. also plays a big part yeah. so did you do you feel like you struggled with comparing how you dealt with grief versus how other people were dealing with it around you I think more so when I lost my grandma I think because I was like really sort of like hypersensitive about everything I was like oh how is everyone dealing with it I think I was thinking about that more but this time I think I was really like in my own in my own um on my own path with it I guess and I felt like I could just do whatever I needed to I was obviously seeing other people deal with it different ways but I I knew that after a few days of being sad and upset and angry, I needed to distance myself, which I, we came back here after not too long, just so I could have some space for my family and yeah. sort of process my emotions outside of being around them. Because I think a lot of it links to that empathy. And like, I was feeling so distraught for my nan because she just lost her life partner. And I was like, I need to, I think, to get out from, for a second and process my emotions rather yes. than other people, what other people are feeling. Yeah, definitely. And do you think perhaps because like linking to what you said about your grandma passing and that you felt so like so much regret for not spending the time Mm -hmm. with her that you wish you'd spent and then you were hyper fixated on everyone else's emotion do you actually think perhaps there's an element in that that you were so hyper fixed on other people's emotions because you were so scared of dealing with your own because you knew you felt regret yeah I think yeah looking back that, that Rose is my therapist everyone <laughs> she's therapizing me I love it um no I actually think that's probably the reason I think deep down like I don't that is not like oh yeah I think that's why I did it but it probably subconsciously was my was my reaction yeah yeah and I think I relate to that a lot because I become in there are times in my life where I'm so scared of dealing with my own emotions I have dealt with where I haven't dealt with grief I have dealt with quite a lot of trauma when I was Mm -hmm. younger and instead of dealing with how I felt at that time I hyper fixated on how my mum and dad felt about the situation and 
when when I, I there will come a day where I'll really open up about this situation I'm just not there yet and I in terms of what we said about self-love in my first episode boundary setting I'm setting my boundaries today by not talking about it because I know I'm not ready so I just want to yeah. highlight that to you guys so that you can mm-hmm. recognize that these are the examples almost like case studies of the times when you you have every right to say no and to mm-hmm. set that boundary and not do things that you want to do and equally do things you want to do. But putting that aside, I really relate to that because I think when you're so terrified of your own emotions and confronting yourself for a situation for what it is, you do escape into other people's hearts mm-hmm. and heads. And I think that's potentially a reason why you had that experience and why it's so different with your granddad because you know you made the most of the time you had left with him because you've learned that from your grandmother you also know that you did that so you must have did like you didn't have the regrets that you once had before and you're Mm -hmm. like you know what guys I need to have my time away Aiden we're coming back to going back to our flat in London so we can have our space and so that Charlotte can you know, deal with what everything you need to deal with and mm-hmm. process what you needed to process. And you weren't as hyper fixated, A, because mm-hmm. you're probably older and understand yourself a yeah. little bit better, but also because you didn't carry that mm-hmm. weight that you did carry before, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do think it's been a, a learning curve. Like there was a lot, there's a lot of elements of my granddad passing that I think I've, I, I appreciate now when I'm like, I'm glad I managed to do this or I'm glad I was there in the last moments and we were there all as a family. Like I feel like it was, it was special, even though it was like a really difficult time. I feel like it's, it genuinely brought everyone so close together and it was like such a nice thing to see like everyone just sort of being there in those like last moments and you all had such an appreciation for one another as well at that time right and for the time that you had left with your granddad yeah for sure yeah so I do want to ask you a question Mm -hmm. I want you to educate me a little bit Mm -hmm. so I like I said have feel like I haven't dealt like grieved and dealt with death at the fore like front on Mm -hmm. head on um as someone who interact with other people that have Mm -hmm. dealt with grief I know this is going to be very individual to you um, and to what you've experienced but I feel very lost and confused in how to not look after but how to approach approach um, the conversation but also how to be there for someone Mm -hmm. so for example um, my friend has lost her grandma grandma recently and I don't know what to say Mm -hmm. of course I'm sorry for your loss Um, I've you know bought her some flowers to make her feel a little bit better do something nice something thoughtful but I literally don't know how to take that conversation any further from the surface and it's not that I don't care and it's not that I'm not thinking about it it's that I just I feel so stuck in knowing what Mm -hmm. to say and what not to say but I do want to mention that something I I am doing more often is when I don't know how to react to someone else's situation I will just say like I'm really sorry, but I don't know what to say to you, but I want you to know that I'm here. So I think that's one good thing. But Mm -hmm. other than that, my brain is blank. I don't know my heart. I don't know anything. I just don't know. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is just saying like do you need space right now or do you want to talk about this okay yeah I think that's quite a nice one because it leaves it open-ended and just sort of asking what they need and I also think something that's really handy is saying something like do you need a distraction right now or do you want to like talk about your emotions because like you could take them out for a day and you could do something fun go for brunch like talk about shit that you've seen in the media or you know what I mean like talk about other things in 
in life that yeah. you usually talk about your interests your passions do they just need a distraction right now and they just want to process their emotions in their own environment or do they want someone who they can lean on and who can be there as just an ear to listen to them like even if you're not actually saying something yeah. and just being there as like a support supportive person a comfort, you know? i think because i was disappointed that i had friends that had experienced both had and hadn't experienced grief and they just didn't really reach out or say anything and i was like oh that's kind of sad but i think i genuinely think that was just my own personal problem because i think you when you go through something so hard hitting you just expect everyone to be there whereas everyone has their own lives to get on with and i think when you're in that like really vulnerable state where you're like crying all the time or being angry or going through really intense emotion you're like why is no one asking me how i am every day i see yeah so i think that's a balance of so maybe messaging them once a week just checking in but also yeah like giving them that space as it's well. like that communication i yeah. think is really pivotal what you've just said so i think um whilst i agree that you are dealing with things how you deal with mm-hmm. them and you may have felt totally overwhelmed with emotion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but you don't need to feel bad for having that expectation in a friendship either to yeah. be like guys you could have at least fucking text me or called me and said are you okay mm-hmm. but i think that's where this, what you've just told me, this advice you've given me is so powerful because, you know, now instead of avoiding the conversation, I can say to them, I can communicate to them, look, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to let you know that I don't know exactly how to communicate with you while you're going through this, but I want you to know that I'm here yeah. and just letting them know and offering that distraction or that shoulder to cry on, giving them the option mm-hmm. and leaving the door open for them so that they know mm-hmm. they're welcome is very different to just avoiding the conversation. Yeah. And I think in the past, I have just avoided the conversation. Yeah. So I can definitely see both sides yeah. to that. But I also want to remind you, Charlotte, that it's totally okay to have that expectation <laughs> on your friends. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but if my someone close to me did pass away and none of my, who I consider my closest friends reached out I would be fucking fuming. Yeah, I would be okay. so disappointed and upset by them. Mm-hmm. And that would have an effect on the friendship and in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Of course it would. Yeah. But if I, and I have every right to feel that way, have every right to express that. And if I'm annoyed and angry and I say that to them, but they turn around and they say to me, I didn't know how to talk to you in that instance. That's when I need to know in myself, okay, it's my responsibility to let them know. I either... I don't want you not to talk to me. I either want you to ask if I'm okay or I want you to offer a distraction. You I just have to have that open communication with the people right. around you, don't you? It is all it is all to do with communication because otherwise you wouldn't get to that state where you're like, are they do they care? Do they not care? Yeah. Like even if you're you want to set your own boundary and you're like, I actually can't talk to someone about their grief right now because I'm grieving or I'm going through yes. a difficult time in my life, even just saying that, like I I am here for you, like if you do want to speak can we speak soon because I'm currently going through something else but I am I am there for you and I do want to listen or even go and do something together as a distraction because we're both going through it yeah yeah it's definitely down to that communication you know I had that over summer where my friend wasn't dealing with grief but she was dealing with something but what she needed from me I didn't feel like I could give to her Mm -hmm. like the support because I was dealing with enough on my own and I just felt like I didn't feel capable of supporting her in the way that she needed supporting and I said to her I don't feel capable of supporting you right now and like I'm sorry I am your friend I do love you I do care about you and I am your shoulder to cry on but I can't be your distraction and I I just had to explain to her why and I'm so fortunate like I have I have gotten rid of all of those crap friends okay I'm so fortunate I have just amazing friends in my life now I have sieved them all out all the all the rubbish ones and I explained that to her and you know what she 
really took it on and she really understood and I'm so lucky that I can have this open communication with my friends now and she turned around and she said babe you I don't need to expect that from you I can expect that from someone else I can I can seek that elsewhere and she was so grateful that I had said that to her because she was wondering why isn't why isn't Rosie you know doing this and doing that and just having that open communication in all aspects of your life I think can go a really long way it can be so sure. powerful so even if you're not sure whether you have that relationship with people where you can tell them what your expectations are or where you stand with things. I, my opinion is just risk it, just say it because at the end of the day, all you're going to do is build from that. And if someone turn, you turn around to someone and you say like, I don't want to talk about it. I need a distraction right now. And they can't offer that to you. Like you can decide how you want to move on from yeah. that because it's like your life experience at the end of the day. It's what you're going through and you have every right to expect what you need in, in those moments. But be open to that communication and mm. chatting to people about it. But no, I really think that was really good advice. So yeah, thank you so. so much. No, I really appreciate that. And um, do you know what? It's been really refreshing to talk to someone because I was quite nervous to talk to you today mm-hmm. about grief. I like, I was, yeah. so guys, I like, slightly plan these episodes i like to just leave them open so we can talk about what we want to talk about but i didn't even know where to start with planning because (laughs) i don't know what to talk about because i don't i don't even like grief i just don't even know what that is for myself Mm -hmm. i don't even don't know what that means to me right now and i was so nervous to talk to charlotte about it today and (laughs) i'm lucky that we have the relationship where i can say that to you and you know you you help me sit down and make some pointers of okay we can go down this direction we can do this for sure and so um no i'm really grateful for you to come on i'm really glad that we've done this episode i think it's so important to share that we have two completely different sides to the coin Mm. and both are totally fucking okay yeah thank you so much for having me and letting me just chat about my story anytime 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 but thank you so much charlotte so let the um let the guys know where they can find you and yeah so i am charlotte emily price on instagram um and i'm on tiktok a little bit but not really and (laughs) my podcast is it's your life and this is mine you can find it on all streaming platforms like spotify apple Podcasts, all that stuff um, and we just basically talk about um different people's experiences delving into different walks of life like what people have gone through some are really light-hearted some are super deep so there's something there for everyone yeah That's and that. i really like your podcast because you just have this platform where everyone can just share exactly how they feel and Mm. just talk and guys if you don't know charlotte she's a very warm very loving person you can just speak what's on your mind you don't have to be afraid of anything and it's so nice that you've created this safe space where we can come on and do that and share our stories and you never know who's going to listen. You never know who that's going to resonate with. You never know who that's going to reach. And so, you know, whilst nothing may fruition from it now in five, 10 years time, you something you said or someone you interviewed, something that's happened in one of your podcast episodes actually has the power to completely transform someone's life. You mm-hmm. just, you're never going to know. And yeah. I think that's the whole beauty, beauty in it. You don't know who sure. you're reaching. You don't know who you're speaking to, but you're putting so much greatness out there that I just, guys, it's just so totally worth listening to. So (laughs) totally worth listening to. But thank you so much. And again, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this today. I know it's been super hard. And guys, Mm -hmm. if you're still listening, thank you so much for staying on the podcast the whole way through. Yes, we love you so much. (laughs) We love you so much. Um, And if you guys have any questions and if you want to, you know, discuss this in any of Dilemma episodes, like do just drop me an email. You know, the email is dilemmas at girlspluscub.com and we'll we'll talk about it. You know, we're here. We're an open book. I'm going to film Charlotte's Dilemmas episode in a few weeks and then um, we can go from there. So if you have any questions, do send them through. All right, guys, I love you and leave you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.